Welcome back to The Overflow. I'm joined by my co-host Ethan Risinga, and we are uh, recording another duo for you guys, a little duet. Uh, Elijah's got a Christmas party with his work family, so um, he, he's out for this podcast. But uh, Ethan, how are you doing? Bradley, I'm doing well. Um, I got nothing to say to Elijah this time. I'm going to keep things pretty light, pretty tight. Um, you know, he, he's close with his work family. He loves his job. So I want to be able to honor that. And I hope that he would do the same if I had some sort of work occasion. But, you know, life is good right now, man. We're, we're in the holiday season. If you're in the pre- uh, profession that I'm in, that means you get holiday break coming up as a teacher. So <laughs> everyone's kind of looking forward to the couple weeks off the break in the middle of the year that Really feels like it's been a long time coming, but uh, we're excited. We just went to the store. So I just went to the store about you know 30, 30 minutes to an hour ago, and I got a hundred of those frosting cookies. Back to the age-old cookie debate. You know the ones with like the the store-bought ones with the frosting on the joints. They're like mm-hmm. soft. Yes, sir. They weren't my first choice, but they were the only thing I got. So I bought a hundred of those. So ran up my <laughs> wallet a little bit. Wasn't really looking to take a hit like that this week, but here we are. You know, we bounce back. We're ready to uh, give it all we got on this podcast and continue to compile and uh, move forward. Now, now let me ask you this: Are you the type of teacher to assign work during Thanksgiving, Christmas break? Uh, depends on the class. With my like lower level kids, I wouldn't. But with the kids who are like in it. For like, like I have a above level class where they're all just kind of sweats. So with that group, I'm like, you know what? Like this is what you guys signed up for. So yeah, I will mm-hmm. assign. No, I won't sign anything lengthy. Like it's not like anything. But like here's the thing: is like I'm not just assigning work to assign work. Like it's something that is meaningful and it's practical and it like will affect their learning. Like I'm not just gonna be like do these problems that I already know you guys know how to do. Like it's you. It's usually gonna be about them some somehow learning in the process or proving to me that they know it right yeah yeah i mean i just i always hated that you know it's like you're on break but you're not actually on break gcu was horrible about that they were (laughs) going to gcu i was like man uh we don't get a break really at all but you know you can call it a break all you want gcu sometimes like uh showed itself as like a turd dressed up in a suit you know what i'm saying like sometimes it just came off a lot better than it actually was now i'm just i'm not saying that for the whole school but like some parts of it you were just like what are we really doing right now mm-hmm. like what yeah. is this my uh so actually my friend blake lawson shout out to him he was uh he was over playing pool the other day and um he was like yeah you know he's in the he's in the um What's it called? Oh my gosh. Uh, there's such a word for it. He's like in the. Uh, oh my gosh. What are we talking all about? This out. It's like he's like a pastor and past. He's in the. Blake Seminary. is in the. Blake is in the pastoral residency program. That should not have taken me that long. To, is it seminary? Basically, what he does is he like gets to preach every now and then. He's kind of like under the wing of the four or five pastors that are like you know part of the church or whatever. Yeah. And um, so they set the church sent him down to GCU to like you know I don't even he was doing something down there. He was kind of learning, but also handing out stuff 
about our church essentially and about Jesus. And um, he just casually drops it in the conversation. He's like, oh, you know, yeah, I was gone last week. I was actually, you know, uh, at a school in Arizona, like handing out these things, um, just basically furthering God's like kingdom. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like what school? And he was like, oh, it was Grand Canyon University. And it was really, you know, so cool. And I was like, you know, I went to GCU, right? And he was like, what? You were like, you know, I'm magna cum laude. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, um, I was like, yeah, like, what did you think? And he was like, bro, I thought it was so cool. Like, I wish I could have went there. Uh, it was just so amazing. And, you know, I I just joined up like a a, um, a pickup football game. And it was just everyone was super nice. And I was like, yeah, you got the perfect GCU experience because, like, not all of us. Not all of us have great things to say. I think yeah. Elijah is the person who has, like, the most good things to say, but I would say my overall GCU experience was like uh, 72 and a half out of 100. Yeah, and you know, I can kind of speak on that too. Like, here's what I'll say. I think anywhere, any college you go to is going to have its ups and downs no matter what. Like, anywhere is going to fleece you in one way or another. I kind of saw as if I was going to suffer somewhere – I would at least want to be in like this warm, like newer kind of modern area where like people seem mm-hmm. friendly. For That's the most true. Part, you know, like I, I would want to suffer somewhere where I could like and I, Brad, I swear we've talked about this one time because we were at Northland. Like if I'm having like a just a terrible day and I go outside and like it's negative 20 degrees, it just amplifies your terrible day. But if you go outside and it's like sunny or like, you know, everything sucks right now. But at least I can walk around and not like want to off. I don't know, man. You You gotta walk outside on like August first in Phoenix, Arizona. I I mean, I ain't talking about the summer, but like the school year. See, for me, it's like I I think it's all about mindset, and I never really thought of it. I don't think of it like that. But the hot weather will absolutely just set me off. Like, do do you get this? I don't know yeah. something for me like when it's hotter or when I start to get hot, even if I'm like inside, I like start to get more easily irritated. Like, does that happen to you? That's definitely me. Hmm. I yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I feel like it's the inverse of me. I feel like when it's colder, I start to get okay. more ticked off. All right, just because I just feel yeah. So I I, I totally know what you mean though. But a lot of people will compare like. You know how when it's a Midwest winter, you're like, stay inside. But like when it's a Phoenix summer, mm. you want to stay inside. So it's like yeah, inverse. I definitely you know don't appreciate that. But it's, you know, you pick your poison wherever you live. Exactly. Unless you live in exactly. California and then it's beautiful 24-7 pretty much. Dude, I've thought about moving to California. <laughs> You're gonna need two roommates, a YouTube channel, and do door and do DoorDash just to make <laughs> up for your side of the rent. That's what I got on this these podcasts, man. I'm making uh, money yeah. on this podcast. Where's my cut? <laughs> um, uh, moving on though. Um, let's let's move into the blessing of the curse. We're gonna do something a little different today, but we are gonna keep a little bit of the traditional side of the podcast in. Um, so just stick with us. We're going to, you know, go through our, our normal walks and then we'll, we'll run at the end. But Ethan, what's your blessing for this week? 
Um, yeah, I'll kind of go on my blessing. Uh, I think my blessing is just overall, this is going to seem cliche, but my, my blessing is just mm. the holiday season. And I think just like the buildup to Christmas and the buildup to Christmas break is like one of the best times of the year. I think just around like it's getting like colder like it really hasn't been super cold here in nebraska yet it's like getting down there but like it's not like unbearable we haven't even seen snow yet but um like the build up like the stores start you know putting up the decorations you start seeing the christmas lights you start to hear the music you start to you know drink the hot coffees and like the the holiday flavors yes, are coming out things like that and, and being a teacher it's like they start doing the spirit days they start like giving out free stuff you know it's a season of giving you know everyone's more generous like i don't know i i I love the holiday season and i it's something where i don't really realize that i love it until it gets here and i'm like yo like i'm feeling good right now and even church going to church on the holiday season is fun too because there's something about like being outside in the cold like walking in and then like all of a sudden you're just greeted into this warm atmosphere where the people are so nice get your hot coffee you sit down. It's just like the lights aren't like super harsh in your eyes. But um, yeah, the holiday season, man. Like I, I, I love a good build up to Christmas, and then just like getting to spend you know the week or so with, yeah. with family is just undefeated. In the you know who's the you worst know, kind of person? The person who like refuses to buy into the holiday season, or where they're just like you know like. Uh, you know, we're not putting right. up. No, right. We're not no, putting just up trying to be this different. year. We're just going to take them down in twenty days. It's like, all right, man. You know, you're you're missing the point. Yeah, bro. People just try to be different. Uh, yeah, I mean, literally. We all like. I mean, this is for everyone. Like, we all believed in Santa, right? And so that like adds a little spark to Christmas, where you're like warm and bubbly for the entire month. And then you know, like now when we're older, like it's not there as much. Like. You, you're not going to lie to anyone and be like, I'm still as yeah. excited about Christmas as I was when I was five years old. Like, that's just pretty much impossible. But, um, like, Pete. What, uh, Brad, I got a question on that. Would your, so when you were growing up, did your family, like, do anything extra to, like, make you think Santa was around? Like, I hear stories from different kinds of people, like, the extra things, like, uh, like mom or dad did to, like, make like build up the extra hype i mean we would obviously you like write your letter of your like wish list or whatever and uh like i would write it or and uh my parents would like address it and put a stamp on it and everything and like i would go i'd go like put it in the mailbox or whatever but i remember one year i had like written this letter or whatever of like the things i wanted and then um like i lost it or something and like the family forgot about it or whatever i like lost it and then i was like doing something and mind you i was like eight so i wasn't doing anything important and i like found i like found it and i was like i looked at the date of when i was supposed to send it and the date it was and it was like december 23rd and i started just freaking out like oh no it's not gonna get there in time like I don't like he's not gonna know what I want. <laughs> I my my dad was like, It's fine, we'll like one day rush it and he puts like four stamps on this letter and we like stick it in the mailbox and like you know, all the anxiety rushed out of me as a young child. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. Uh, that's what I mean though. That kinda adds to like the hype, you know, it yeah. adds to the memories. 
my my family so like i was like i don't even remember how old i was i was probably around eight maybe like getting closer to like sixth grade so maybe i was like 11 12 in that area but i was like kind of coming off the santa train being like you know what like santa like i'm done with that like maybe like i don't know dude i kid you not this one year i like had to double take and i was like maybe hold on wait what was that my my parents woke up like i think it was christmas morning and it's they got like a so this is how they did it they got a massive boot and then they like put like baking powder around the boot to make it look like santa had been walking <laughs> in the house like yeah. he had snowy boots and i remember i was kind of just like you know what like i can't wait to get my present and i woke up and saw the footprints and they were even like outside and i was like who was that <laughs> like <"Hold." laughs> i was like i was like what what's going on here you know, I, I kind of had to do a little double take in my head to, to make sure, you know, I was on right. my allegiance was mm-hmm. in the right place. You know, I, I also like did your your parents put out the milk and cookies, right? Like we would, oh, I sure. would put yeah, out the milk sure. and cookies, right? And I'd put like, you know, three chocolate chips out there, a glass of milk. Also, no one ever talks about how the milk would get warm and how Santa would just be drinking like warm milk all night. Anyways. Um, that's foul. I think it's so funny that I would like come downstairs and like two cookies would be gone. The third one, it would have a bite out of it. The milk would be gone and I would just be so excited. And I just like envision my dad, like ugly eating those cookies on the fireplace at 1130 at night. <laughs> Bro, that's gotta be yeah, us yeah. one day I'm going to be looking forward to those cookies. <laughs> you, walk, you walk downstairs and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be looking forward to those cookies when I'm 35, but yeah, that is a good yeah. blessing, man. I definitely needed to talk about that. Now I'm hyped for Christmas. Right? It gets you excited. Yeah. It's like talking about it. With me, it's like seeing all the stuff. Like there's this part of downtown Omaha where like they put up all these, you know, and every like downtown area has them, but they put up all the lights and there's like a cool little like walk place where you can go like, you know, walk around and it's like really pretty and like there's pine trees mm-hmm. and Christmas trees or whatever. Like, just, like, that stuff, like, seeing it is, like, oh, like, it's really happening. Yeah. Like, it's coming yeah, up, for sure. you know? I, uh, I definitely, like, shout out to everyone who goes crazy on the Christmas lights, you know? Like, if you put up the minimal yeah. things, like, shout that's out. cool, too. We get, like, I got it. Not everyone's trying to get up on the peak and do all, the, like, but the people that go hard, like, I appreciate them because I like driving down the street and seeing all the lights. And I'm, like, yeah, like, we're buying in this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're buying yeah. Christmas. Um, <laughs> what about you, bro? What's, so what's your I blessing? I mean, my, I was thinking about it, and I was kind of just like, yeah, you know, I could do the holiday season, but I was like, maybe I'll save it for a later one. But you were talking about it, and so, you know, I'm glad that we did talk about it. Um, my blessing is going to be, like, a good mattress, right? So, like... like you don't sometimes you don't realize you have a bad mattress till you lay down on a good mattress and you're like yo what like this feels so this feels so different yeah and like you know we went we went to school together and those mattresses at gcu like i used to be like yeah these are money you know these twin bed mattresses they give us are actually not that bad and then you would, like, go home for Christmas break and you would lay down on your mattress that, like, maybe isn't even that nice, but, like, you know, it's not used by 35 different people. You lay down on that and you're like, damn, 
you know, like this is this is different. Yeah. I don't even know what I was missing out on. But uh my blessing is a good mattress because the mattress I have now is going in the trash and I'm getting a new one for when we like move into the house we're moving into. And I like I already had like we already oh. have it and I was like laying on it and I was like, Yes, sir, this is gonna be this is gonna be amazing. <laughs> Did you so? Did you go? Did you get it off Amazon? Uh, it do? was given to me actually. A mattress that so Jay's parents get like a new mattress like every two years it seems like. So like he has a king size Tempur Pedic that was theirs, and then like they decided after three years they're like we need a new one. They got uh the one that I'm gonna get, and they had that one for like X amount of time. It wasn't even like two years, and they were like nah, we don't like this, like, we're going to get a new one, and now they have the one they have now. And they were just, like, they were just going to put it in their guest room or whatever, but they ended up turning the guest room into an office, and they were like, do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, it's like a $5,000 Tempur-Pedic, so yes, I do want it. Yeah. What? Bro, is it, it's, it's a, a queen, size? which I'm actually okay with. I think kings are a little bit too big, but that's my personal personal preference. Yeah. Uh. But dude, free mattress. Normally, regardless. I would be like, eh, you know, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't want someone's used goods, especially a mattress. But because it's like a memory foam Tempur Pedic, and it's like actually expensive, and they didn't have it for very long, I'm like, yes, sir, give me that. Yeah, and, and you know, like they got sheets on it. It's not like they're laying on the. It's like the raw dog in the mattress. Like it's not a bare mattress. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, it's like... It also helps sheet on. so that Jay has a mattress of theirs as well, so I don't feel weird, like, being the only one in our house with their mat- yeah. one of their old mattresses. So, yeah. Uh, I mean... Right. So, Brad, are you a, are you a firm guy or a plush guy? Uh, like, what's your I, play I there? A, what do you mean by plush? Like, surrounds you when you lay in it, or... Yeah, no, so like a, a firm is obviously more of like a Tempur-Pedic kind of vibe. A plush is almost like a hybrid spring mm. foam kind of thing going on. Uh, definitely just a softer bed, yeah. more more yeah. sinkage. I'd probably go firm just because I lay – I tend to sleep on my stomach. And if you sink too far, your body – like your stomach ends up like oh, yeah. in the – in the mattress basically and your like shoulders are above your belly button and it's just like it messes up your lower back like it hurts so i feel like firm right. is definitely where i lean yeah it's a solid play i'd have to agree dude my bed at rancho was so sweet my bed's okay now like i'm not i don't have qualms against it but uh i i dude i miss that rancho bed just like i love to the firm tempurpedic feel I judge a mattress based on if I wake up the next morning, do I got back pains like I'm hmm. 95 years old? And if I do, then it's a bad mattress. And if I don't, then I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. Because I feel like I can fall asleep. Do you anywhere, sleep on your honest. back or do you sleep on your side or what? I have, I have to sleep on my back for that reason that you just said. Just like if I sleep on my stomach, yeah. my like back kind of arches it. It's just not good. For me, so I, I try and sleep on my back or my mm. side most of the time. Yeah, I I probably fell asleep on my back like five times in my entire life. The only time I ever do it is if I'm on the couch. Like if I fall asleep on the couch and I'm you know hitting a nap in between football games or something, 
that's when I'll sleep on my back. But yeah, I I always sleep on my side. I think. But where? Well, that's a good that's a good blessing. I think one of, uh, a good mattress is one of those things that goes unrecognized. It's, it's also expensive, often. and I feel like people are like it says like replace your mattress every ten years, and people are like, uh, no. I'm not doing that. I'm not about to buy another one in 10 years. So, uh, I'm definitely appreciative that I'm going to have a good one, but what's your, what's your curse for this week? Dude, my curse. So I could have went a lot of different directions with this one. I feel like I've been getting fleeced lately, but, um, I'm going to keep it short and tight. So I haven't got to talk to you guys about this, but over Thanksgiving break, I got a bad case of poison ivy. It's cold out. How? Yeah. I have had – uh-huh. So when I was home during break, one day my brother – so we have like kind of a a decent amount of property in the back of our house. And my brothers and my brother's friend, they were like, let's go like hunt rabbits. Ethan, come on. Like get your stuff. And I was like, for sure. Like let's go. So we all walked back there. You know, we had a couple guns. And um, <laughs> I could just we have these, I, I like, thought I misheard you when you said hunt rabbits. I just cannot envision you hunting rabbits out back of your house. You just Why? aren't that guy, man. You aren't that guy. <laughs> I'm him, bro. I don't know what you mean. But no, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna understand why I went and you're probably gonna be like, oh okay, so that makes sense. So <laughs> I go out there and I'm like walking with him and everything. And uh, we get back there, you know, and there we have these big brush piles. And the point of the big brush piles is mm-hmm. the rabbits are underneath. We got to get on the brush pile and scare them to run out. That was my job. So that was my purpose along this ride was I didn't get to shoot. I didn't get to, you know, get the rabbit. I was the guy that had to go on to the, the brush pile, shake it, rabbits scurry out, and then they pull trig, you know, like they, they pull up with the, with the gun. Um, so as I was on these shrub piles, I like get to the very top and it's like a big pile and like, it's not like very firm. It's like, I'm kind of sinking in trying to climb my way out. This is just poison ivy, like all throughout this thing. So I'm just like, yep, I'm banged. Like I'm so screwed. And so like, I I ended up getting off that. Didn't even realize I had the poison ivy until the next two days. And then it literally just consumed me like a wildfire, like all up my arms, and it is so itchy. I don't know if you've ever had poison ivy. I've had ivy, it bad a couple but times. I'm bad. Yeah, I'm badly allergic to it. So I was. I have just been like, I've struggled to sleep because like it's it's so bad. Like holding me up. Like I'm at work and I have to wear long sleeves all the time because I don't want to get like flamed by anybody. And like it's just so itchy. Like at all times of the day. Mm-hmm. So it sucks. But the one good part about the poison ivy. Have you ever taken a hot shower with poison ivy? No, bro. I think it ah, feels good. See, this is why you're all itchy. I know I know the secrets and the in and outs of poison ivy. I've had it enough times. So I... Well, help me, bro. Well, how, I needed you you should have told ago. me. I didn't know. How have you... Oh, it's on okay. the come up now. It's how on the come been... up. Like, it's getting better. How have you been treated? So what, what I... So I bought like a like a cortisone cream, like a kind of like an anti-itch cream. So that that's been re- as of recent though. But another thing that I, I read and did research on was 
these uh, baking soda soaks where I'll fill a bathtub up with cold water and pour like a quarter cup of uh, baking soda in there and then just like put my arms in there and then just like sit there for like 10 minutes. And that usually like stops <laughs> the itching love, for like I would love few to see hours. a video of that. You just sitting there with your phone propped up on the bathtub with a video on and your arms. It, they ain't even no fun. I'm just I'm literally sitting there with nothing and I'm just like looking <laughs> at the water. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I, me and Poison Ivy have had a couple generational battles, but um, I used to get it a lot as a kid just because I'd be running in the woods and all kinds of stuff. But cold showers are your friend because the the cold water, like I've never heard of the baking soda thing, but I'm sure the cold bathtub is helping. Cold water is really good for um, like decreasing the inflammation and making it less itchy and the same thing with like cold like air too so like when i would get it i would just sit in the basement for like a week and just like chill in the cold because it would make it like less itchy basically also get calamine lotion do you know what that is like the pink it, yeah so it comes in the pink like bottle bites, yeah yeah get get that and uh mm -hmm. the uh like cotton balls and just like dab it everywhere that you can see poison ivy and that like just leave it on there it'll like crust up it'll look weird but yeah yeah you see yeah. that it was like all under my form like it literally looked like a, like a birthmark like it was wow. like all red so i'm like sitting here with this cream and i'm like the cream's like gently put it on the infected areas and i'm like bro it's my yeah. whole arm like i feel like i got to like Use it like I'm using lotion. Yeah. Um, so calamine lotion like is your best friend, but also I had one one time where I had it so bad I had to go to the doctor because it was like you said, literally mm -hmm. everywhere. Like my legs were coated, my arms were coated. I don't even know. I don't remember what it was from, Dude. but I just it was bad. But uh, I had to go to the doctor and they like prescribed me like um, what the hell is it called? prednisone it's like a steroid that basically like decreases the inflammation and i had to take like oral pills for like a week to get rid of it it was pretty wild but jeez yeah. man yeah that is tough poison ivy so yeah i've been that's been that's been my biggest <laughs> battle these past couple weeks is just dealing with the fact mm -hmm. that i have poison ivy um but yeah, what's what's your so curse? this one is actually going to hit home a little bit for you because you went and ran right before we we're recording this. I also went and ran this morning. My curse is running. Mm. Just straight up, it's just running. I hate running. I don't like it. It's fine if you're playing sports, but I just do not like to run. And uh, it's my curse, not because I like do it by choice, but because for the police academy starting in January, I'm going to have to do it three to four times per week. And uh, I'm not looking forward to that. I better learn to like it because it ain't going anywhere. And uh, I just – it feels good afterwards. I get it. I get why people do it. But, like, in the moment, I'm just – I guess I'm just soft because I run. And I'm like I would rather do literally anything else in the world. <laughs> Wait. Uh, so – when you like, I don't know. I, I guess I, I see it differently. When I like running a lot because I think running is almost just like 
time passing and you're just constantly doing something versus like I got to do, you know, five sets of this, four sets of this. I got to superset this joint versus like when I'm running, it's just like a constant motion. I'm not like worried about anything else. Like I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I don't got to think about form. I just got to mm-hmm. literally just move, you know, that's how I see it. And like, while so since it's like not a lot of thinking, my mind just like thinks about other things. So I get so like caught up in my other thoughts that like I'll zone out for like 10 minutes and then I'll be like, oh, I've already ran like a mile and a half. And it's like, wait, what was I even thinking mm-hmm. about? You know, it's like to me, it's like, oh, that's like the fun part. It's because like you burn calories, you like slim down, you get in shape and it's like you're not really even having to think that yeah. hard about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just it's fine. It's just not fun. Like I don't do it and be like, this is fun. This is cool. Like when I lift, I lift and I'm like, this is fun. You know, I'm like moving heavy weight or whatever, or, you know, I'm doing a sit ups yeah. and then you hit whatever number you want to hit. And you're like, dang, that's cool. I did this many sit ups. Running is just like a, you can go, it's like more subjective almost. Like you can go as far as you want or as little yeah. as you want. And the problem with that is it gives me an option, you know, where I'm like, I'm going to run a mile, but then you're like, ah, you know, maybe I'll just go lighter today. And then I just like turn around and go the other way. Like, I don't know. It gives me like an easy out or I find myself quitting way easier than or way more than I would if I was lifting. And so I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I get that. Do you have to do you have to like meet a mile time or something for the police academy? Uh yeah, it's a mile and a half and they actually increased it. It used to be like twelve minutes and fifty seconds or something. Now it's like fourteen minutes, which is mad easy, but yeah. Oh, yeah you're I scared, usually get bro. it in like eleven something. Yeah. But yeah. I was going to say, even 12.50, yeah. I feel like, isn't that bad. I don't mind that much. I don't mind it that much because, like, when I run like that, where I have to meet a certain time, by the end or by, by the last lap on the track, I'm, like, busting it on the track, just, like, going hard. But, uh, yeah, I don't tend to do that when I'm running on my own free will, I guess. Do you, do you ever use no, a treadmill? No, I hate treadmills. Like, seeing the time of how long I've been running is the easiest way to make me quit. Yeah. So I, like, sometimes you'll go to the gym and you'll see people put, like, a t-shirt over the thing of the treadmill. Like, I definitely have to do that if I'm going to run on a treadmill. Yeah. I get that. I just, I hate running in the Mm -hmm. cold, so... I bought a Planet Fitness membership, and that's basically what I use it for is I go and, like, I run. I, I also got the oh. Black Card membership. So I, <laughs> I, I go to, like, the spa thing they got there. They got some really nice mm-hmm. massage chairs in there. So I've been using the massages and stuff like that. I don't know. It's you are cool. such an old head. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, if, uh, I think that's all we got on Blessing and a Curse, so I think we can move on. Um. Ethan, you wanted to touch on some things this week regarding Christianity and sort of like, you know, the, 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 the questions that come up at the beginning of, you know, building your faith. Um, 
But I kind of wanted to kick it off with a question that Bethany gave me because I kind of asked the group chat. I'm like, hey, do you guys want anything answered? And she asked a really good yeah, yeah, so maybe we could do that more in the future. But um, Bethany asked this question because she said, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and I like I always knew Jesus. Like what makes people decide I want to follow God? Hmm. So do you mean like are we answering like what makes a random person decide? Yeah, yeah, like someone who makes the the person that grows someone up like in the a, family. who's a like a random person that didn't, you know, grow up like with the guidance sort of, I suppose. Um I don't know. I think I think a person and Brad, I guess maybe you might be able to speak on this a little bit more than I because I was kind of in Bethany's situation where I grew up in a home where it was kind of around a lot and like I, I've been just been kind of like going my whole life. But to me, like I, if I was on the outside looking in, I think I would say that feeling like the feelings of being lost and the feelings of being like hurt and not really knowing or a lot of times neglecting to think about the big questions in life, you know, like what happens after I leave this place? You know, what happens when we die? What, like, why do people love each other? I feel like people often don't think about those kind of things. And sometimes I think curiosity leads to opportunities. It leads people to do research. And a lot of times I feel like that's God calling people to be like, hey, like, here's this, you know, random article about Christianity, about this person that's never seen or heard about Christianity or you know, maybe God will put a random person in your life that's like, hey, have you ever heard about Jesus Christ? And then now we're bringing somebody to church, something like that. But I think overall, just feelings of being lost, not really knowing what comes next, what to do in a certain scenario, and then just exhausting all your options. You know, I think sometimes that could lead people to doing more research about Christianity maybe God put something in their life that wasn't there before. But if I had to put anything to it, I would say, yeah, people like lost people, lost people, hurt people looking for a way to get out mm -hmm. of it. And how, how would you answer that? Like from your scenario where you grew up in that family, like you could have very, I mean, it wouldn't have been as easy, but you could have said like, no, I'm not going to follow this kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I, I'd love to speak on that as well, because I actually have a, like, the con the converse of that or maybe I'm just yeah. not around the inverse of that is like sometimes people grow up in the church and those are the people that are more likely to as they get older get pushed away and like to not be as involved at, in it and I think a big part for me growing up in it was you know I was just around it the way that my parents raised me I grew up in a loving household the way that I saw my father practice his faith the way that I saw my mother practice her faith it, it was inspiring to me, and I just – I saw the fruits of the labor. I saw, like, the love that they showed. I saw the blessings that my family got, and, like, I, I essentially wanted to be involved in that. And I didn't necessarily know how, but I just knew that, like, my family had a lot of love to give to other people. And, like, my parents had a lot of love to give. And I just 
was around it. Like I saw the the members of my church. Like I saw how they treated people on the outside. But on the other side of that, so so that that's my answer for growing up in the church is I just I got to see the fruits of the labor. Like I I got I I was bought in from a very young age where I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I knew the difference between good and bad. Like I was able to mm-hmm. have guidance, you know. So I I just saw it. But inversely, the person that grows up in the church also sometimes chooses to not follow God. And I, I, I see that a lot. And that's one of the questions I still have to this day is how do people get pushed away? And obviously, I'm, I'm somebody who went through a period of my life where I was not as involved in my faith as I should have been. And I think a big reason for that was I had this yearning to be independent. Like I grew up part of a congregation, part of an organization my entire life. And I had this yearning to break away and like be my own person, discover things for myself, like explore. And part of that was turning away anything that I previously believed in this so-called old life and like figuring out what works. And, you know, as I kind of grew away from that, that faith that I had, I, I found a lot of what I was saying earlier is I found a lot of that lot, like being lost, that hurt that like didn't necessarily come that shame and that guilt that I got with, you know, indulging in the wrong things. And ultimately, thank thank God for it but ultimately like my past faith and the faith that I grew up with it kind of showed itself a little bit more and I I personally feel like God put it on my heart to say like I know that I'm not in a good situation and I know that I'm struggling right now like this is not how it's meant to be this is not who I'm meant to be this is not what I'm meant to do like come back come back to me come back to what you know come back to like safety, come back to love, come back to compassion. And so that's what ultimately led me out of it is like, I I had Mm -hmm. that background already. I knew what that love felt like. And that's something that if I continued to stray away and continue to veer off and do my own thing that I don't know if I would have ever found. So I don't know. There's a lot of, I said a lot of different things in there. I made a lot of different points, but hopefully you kind of heard like ultimately for somebody that grew up, I just, I I saw it all around me. And that, that was a blessing that I got that not everyone gets. And I understand that, but it, it did a lot for me and my own faith mm-hmm. growing up, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I definitely think, um, I definitely think people get driven away for different reasons. And I think it's, de- it depends on the type of person, you know, some people just get driven away cause they don't like want to believe in a higher power. And like, that's, you know, that's, their their decision and you know I definitely was there at some point um and you know I think other people get driven away because of certain things that happened in their church like I've talked to a few people here where they told me some wild stories about things that things that were going on in their church and I was like yeah you know I I can see how that would drive me away from you know a religion and um you know ultimately a higher power but um to kind of like to kind of speak on it, I would say my answer to Bethany would be like just kind of remembering where I was, um, probably like uh, maybe two, three years ago, and just kind of thinking about that, and just like you said, just I had like a really strong sense of just feeling really lost and just kind of not knowing where my life was going, you know, 
I was like grinding to work towards like what I wanted. And, you know, I put in a lot of hard hours and like had a very successful result at the end of that. But there was still like a lot of questioning and like questioning of myself and like where my life was going and that kind of thing. So I would say um, the reason that I like decided to buy in and now that I'm like fully bought in is because I kind of see where my life was and where it is now like and you know god being the change in between that and you know the like dichotomy that i see in my life and then also like thinking of all the times like all the times that i can think of where i'm like yeah that's a a scenario where like i should have died like i was in a certain like i remember this time i was driving back from michigan actually and it was like late at night and we were at the dunes or whatever and i was driving back alone and uh like i fell asleep at the wheel on whatever highway that is like coming back towards chicago and like a guy on a crotch rocket going probably like 160 miles per hour just like flies past me and his motorcycle is like super loud that it just like woke me up right away and i just like look back at that and i'm like that was just the perfect moment for that guy to drive by because like five more seconds and i would have been like in the median or in the like opposing uh lane of the highway yeah so i think of a lot of things like that and then obviously like bigger picture of like the blessings that i've had in my life and i kind of like just think about it and i'm like yeah i i'm gonna follow this because you know there is a um there is a higher power and that like there is someone looking out for me and that person is jesus and so now you know I have uh, a lot more purpose in my life and I don't really feel lost anymore. I know where I'm going and what the reason I am to do, what the reasoning is that I'm here and what I'm supposed to do about it. So it's just a lot more direction, I would say. Yeah, that's very cool. And I, I love how you kind of tied that back into where you are now versus where you was. I think that speaks to a lot of believers is, and a reason why the faith is maintained is because again, they see like all the amazing things that God has done. And you, you've spoken about it like several times on this podcast and even off the podcast to me, but just like waking up and just choosing gratitude and like understanding all the good things that have been put in your life that a lot of people might not even think about and giving all that glory to God and, and remembering that before you were in this position, like all those things just kind of like went past and you were like yeah this is just what life Mm -hmm. is i guess you know so it definitely puts your headspace in a better place i think as well just acknowledging the good and acknowledging all that we've been given even if we are in a bad place like there's still there's always things to look at and acknowledge the good and so that's really cool so bethany thank you for that question that was a really good question um that kind of segues into some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about, Brad, unless you have anything you want to say. No, I, um, I kind of had that question from her and, uh, I'm sure down the line we'll have some other questions, but, um, to move into whatever you've got. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we, we are a, you know, religious podcast and we talk about a lot of different things on here, but we love talking about, you know, God, we love talking about the word. Um, I think something that we haven't necessarily touched on that I wanted to, you know, skim the surface on, maybe we can go a little bit deeper, but just 
common questions that somebody who was curious, I said earlier, like curiosity leads to opportunity. Like the more curious you are, the more opportunities you're going to have to explore that. Like if somebody's curious about the faith or if somebody is new to the faith, like some of the questions that they might have along the way. And if they might not have somebody that's willing to answer those questions. So one of the questions that I feel like might be common is like, Hey, we speak so highly of this book. You know, we speak so highly of the word of God with the Bible. Where, where do we start reading? Like where, so I want you to answer that, Brad, then I'll give my answer. Where do you think is a good place to start? If you're curious about the faith and you're looking into it, where do you start? So where I actually started, well, I kind of did the thing where I would like start reading things that people said like, oh, this is good. You should read this. And I would read them. And like one of those was judges. And like, that's just not where you need to start. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. like when Jay started reading, he started reading a Genesis and he was like, it's been a grind. And I'm like, why, why did you start reading a Genesis? And he's like, well, it's the beginning. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, in my opinion, if you start a Genesis, you're way more easy to just burn out and never read again, basically. Right. Um, so I would, where I started and where I would encourage other people to start is the book of Matthew. I think, you know, of all the Gospels, I think that Matthew does the best job of painting Jesus' life in a full picture that has no lacking, you know, areas that you kind of miss out on. Like I, I said recently that I was reading Luke, and Luke is good, but it definitely has areas where, like, you know, Matthew explains more, or he, you know, like, has more context, or the story is pieced together better, whereas, like, Luke will just, like, throw it in there and just put in, like, two or three sentences, and you're like, whoa, like, he missed out on, like, a lot of, a um, yeah, like, a huge point of, like, why this was happening. Um, and the same thing with Mark. Mark kind of does that too. And then John is like its own its own thing. But um, obviously they're all written to different audiences. But I think Matthew does the best job of like explaining who he was, like why he was here. Obviously, like Jesus Jesus explains it, um, and you know like what is to come. Why like from him being here, that kind of thing. Plus, it also you know starts with like the baby Jesus essentially, but. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great answer. I think I, – I honestly think my answer is that there's multiple answers and that I think a lot of people that are new to the faith, people are always like, hey, start with the Gospels. Like the Gospels are – like you said, they paint a picture of Jesus' life. It kind of gives us the reason for the season, etc. And I don't hate that. Like I think that's true. But I think it plays more into what the the person is necessarily looking for because I think it's a lot more personal than it is than just be like, hey, like start reading, you know, the gospel, start with John, you know, Matthew, whatever you want to do. If you're somebody who's like just overall like curious about like what is this Christianity thing, like who is this Jesus guy, for sure start with the gospels. You're going to get – you know, Jesus' life painted in beautiful colors. You're going to get wisdom. You're going to get guidance. You're going to get, you know, story. It's 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 pretty digestible in terms of difficulty of reading. But, mm -hmm. like, man, I know people in my life who, like, love, like, 
war and they love like the <laughs> the like the stories behind like the kings and like the history and it's like with a person like that i don't know if i'm going to necessarily point them to the gospels i might say hey look like you know like first second kings like sam like first second samuel like this might be a better place to start because this is what interests you you know and like yeah. it, it plays into everything else that happens after that with little stories trickled in there you know mm -hmm. or if you're somebody you know i also know people who are like theologians almost where they're like you know like life thoughts like why are things are the way they are like maybe yeah. maybe read psalms or proverbs like these like kind of overarching there are these poetic kind of passages where you don't really know what it's talking about all the time and it's mm. more up for interpretation so i i think it's just depends on where you are and what you're curious about and what interests you and and like i feel like this conversation we probably could go a little bit deeper with but I'm, for the sake of you know the pod i, I won't if if somebody is interested that's listening, please reach out. Like, I feel like we have a lot of answers to that. Um, we're no experts by any means, but we're always someone good to talk to. If, if you're one who is looking for guidance in that, I think me and Brad can both provide Elijah as well can provide good guidance on where to start. But um, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on you a little bit there. Um, as far as you said, you know, pe certain people in your life really like war. And so you'll point them towards, you know, Samuel or, uh, kings or joshua or whatever i think for someone who is like trying to get into the bible and like learn or like you know get to know the faith or whatever i think reading those things yes like maybe they would find them interesting and i definitely find them interesting i always try and tell like the people in my bible study like read joshua read samuel you'll like it i promise you just because of those like you said it's like war but um i feel like that doesn't tell them anything about the religion you know like it only I mean, I guess gives... that's different i guess that's different than what i was saying then because like you're saying somebody who's curious about like the learning the of the why and like like i said if you're curious about learning the why then like that that would be a different place to go but if you were somebody who was like you know like i've thought about this religion thing like maybe they were just looking to get interested in it and not necessarily looking to be like oh like i really want to explore the why like who jesus is and like maybe I wouldn't start in the Gospels, but if somebody was like, I I like war, but I'm interested in like learning. I don't care about like that kind of stuff. Then mm -hmm. like I feel like that's a different purpose and that's a different starting point. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I guess I guess then it depends on their reasoning and um, you know, are you trying to get them to buy in or not? You know. Yeah. Like well, if I mean, you're I guess just like. A... Go ahead, Brad. If you're just like trying to get them to you know open the book and you're just like, yeah, read, you know, judges, like you'll, you'll definitely read it and you'll definitely be interested. Um, I don't think that's wrong, but if you were like trying to get them to buy in, I don't think that, or if you were like trying to get them to, you know, like have faith in God, like, I don't think that that's where I would send them, even if that was what they were kind of looking for, you know? Right. Uh, I got a, I got a real life example here. I got to shout out my girlfriend, Katie. She works with this guy. His name's Will. I guess I'm name dropping now. Um, but this guy, he like doesn't know God at all. And like he's had poor experiences with the church. He doesn't know much about the religion in itself. But he loves like Greek mythology. Like he loves like the giants. Like he loves like these mythical creatures and stuff. So Katie is just like subtly like being like, oh, like by the way, like 
have you heard of the Nephilim? You know, have you heard of these like little things that are like biblical to kind of like pique the interest a little bit? So maybe like when I say like getting somebody to start reading somewhere, maybe I guess I'm not like like doing it in a way where I just want them to be interested in it. You know, mm. I guess like trying to get somebody to make connections to the Bible is different, like connect to their own interests, that type of thing. But yeah. I get what you're saying, though. Like maybe pointing them in that direction might not be the best place all the time. That is a great example, though. I, you know, I don't know many people that are super interested in Greek mythology. You could definitely, you know, you could definitely give them pieces of scripture or books in scripture and they would be a hundred percent interested just because of how it reads and like fire and brimstone and striking down of the assailants basically. But you know, I don't know. They're not going to know who Jesus is by reading that, but right. at least they open the book. It, it, in my opinion though, it like it plants the seed and like now they're like, True. Oh, like I like this part of the Bible. Like I wonder what the whole rest of this freaking million pages is point. Like, what is all this stuff you know so I, that's what i'm saying though like if you can get them to be like kind of somewhat interested maybe that leads to more curiosity maybe that leads to more questions and now we're talking about something else it's like uh it's like inception where they go inside and they plant the idea and then they have the idea <laughs> and they like didn't even know that they had it you know what i'm saying yeah so don't mean to spoil yeah. the movie for anybody but uh it's been out since 2012 i don't think we're spoiling <laughs> much but um, what else did you have for us? Um, this can be somewhat of a lighter conversation. Maybe a common question that somebody who is curious or somebody who is new to the faith might have is, how how do you pray? How do you pray? So Brad, I, I could start. I could start, or if you want to start, you can go ahead. I'll start. I'm I'm kind of like weird with the way I pray, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask. But you know, I like we'll pray before bed and like a little, I'll say something light. Like when I wake up, like we were talking about just being like, thank you, God. Like that's technically prayer. And I'll like, obviously extrapolate that a little bit. But, um, I've said a thousand times, I like to write, I like to write my prayers. If it's like a letter and then, you know, like amen at the end. And that keeps me focused and like keeps me more in tune with what I'm actually wanting to pray. It keeps me intentional um that and then this gets neglected way too much in my opinion is actually praying the prayers that are written out for us in the bible like in psalms Mm. i'll probably do that once a day as well just because of how like great they can be and how you know they're right there it's a tool for us to utilize and uh i feel like we don't utilize them enough but how about you Dude, I love that you said that last point because that is I'm going I'm reading through the Psalms right now. That was like one of the past or not passages. That was one of the books that I wanted to read back through after I had completed it for the first time. And like as mm-hmm. I'm going through, I'm like, dude, like this is fire. Like why do I not utilize these more? Why did I not utilize these more? And I like I want to yeah. start doing that for sure. So I love that you threw that point in there. Like the prayers that are in there and that are made for you, obviously they're written down for a reason. Like yeah. they carry weight. Like they're powerful. You know, so continuously like using those whenever you can. Um, like this answer, I guess I'm going to give it similar to the last answers. I feel like there's not a, a clean cut way to go about it. You know, everyone like a, a whole backbone of Christianity is having or I guess, you know, 
I don't know, specific specific branches of Christianity is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, I guess that is like overarching, you know, Christianity, like the relationship aspect. And I think with that comes with this is this is your relationship with Jesus like this. This isn't like the clergy's relationship. It's not the congregation's relationship. Like you have your personal relationship with God. Now with that, obviously being biblical, doing things the right way. But when it comes to prayer, I think it can be a lot more conversational. And like, I think Elijah, shout out Elijah. Elijah has, whenever he talks about it, he does a great job at, he's always like, man, I just like, I just close my eyes and I talk to God. And like, I, I've never been one to like, know what that was like. I, like, I can't imagine just being like, yo, what's up, God? Like, how's it been chilling? I don't know. You know, saying things like that. But I've had to get a lot better at being intentional about what I'm asking and being more intentional about the things in my life that I'm praying for. Because sometimes it feels weird. Like, I don't really like asking for things as is. But, yeah. like, I've really had to step back and be like, like, God, like, be here in my life in this specific moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And be careful if you're new to praying. Be careful not to just ask and ask and ask. I, in my opinion, I think you also, with that, make sure you're giving God the glory. Like, make sure you're throwing in your thanks and your gratitude to the good things that are around you. You know, we we don't pray just to be like God. Like, give me this, God. Give me this, God. Give me this. Like, we pray to glory God. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm. I, I'm somebody who kind of likes to keep it a balance. Like I like to think about a lot of things that I can be thankful for in that moment and then kind of lead that into a, like, God, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, you know? And that, that might be another thing to stay away from is, is don't, don't pray for like tangible things, you know? And maybe, maybe I don't know enough about that, but like, you know, don't pray for a new car, like a new car is not just going to come up in your lap. Maybe, maybe pray for, an opportunity to maybe increase your financial status to where you can do that. But whatever you pray for, you're using it for, for the, um, for the mission, you know, whatever you pray for, you got to remember you're doing this for God's glory. You're doing it to make disciples out of men, you know? So I, in my opinion, I feel like God, God puts things in your life to use for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a great conversation with, one of the pastors at our church, Pastor Andrew, he's really funny, but um, we were talking about faith, right? And how like, you know, in James, it talks about how like those who prayed and were not answered, like their faith was not great kind of thing. And that kind of sounds like, you know, your faith has to be at a certain level for your prayers to be answered by God, which is not true. What that's actually saying is, um, uh, you god god wants to have a conversation with you like he yearns for you to ask him for the things that you need in your life and god also knows what you want but he needs you to ask because he needs you to have faith in him that your prayers will be answered right. and um pastor andrew was kind of telling me and i was like you know how do we a, a common question is like how come how do we relate like you know when we ask for things, but God doesn't give them, you know, like that, sometimes that's not always the 
case, like sometimes your prayers are answered and sometimes they're not. And you might think your prayers aren't being answered, but like you're talking about where you're like, oh, I pray for this financial status or whatever. Yeah. God will give us the things that he knows will be good for us and will not give us the things that he knows will not be good for us and our faith. So like when you pray for that financial status and you don't get it or whatever, it's not because God turned his back on you. It's because God knows that that wouldn't be good for you in this current time or at all. You know, that's why, you know, you can pray for that Ferrari all you want, but God knows like that just ain't going to be good for you. And that, that wouldn't be good for me. That wouldn't be good for me. I know, like, I don't know how you're going to answer that, but if I got a Ferrari, like, my ego would be through the roof when I'm driving down the street, and I'd probably right. crash and die, to be quite honest. But, you know, God that, God yeah. keeps me in check by not giving me that. So, you know, appreciate that from him. That's what I'm saying. I feel like the things that you are given and the things that you should be praying for, you need to have the intent that you're going to use this for the kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get this, you know, financial raise. Like if you're just like, oh, I'm about to go to the bars and I'm about to like get all this drip. Like I'm about to like, <laughs> then it's like it ain't even doing much. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're not doing it for the right reason. And, and I, that's where I feel like God intercedes and says like, this isn't good for you right now. This isn't the right purpose you have, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. like, but maybe you're like, I want this financial opportunity. So I can open up, uh, you know, a church and like give give all this money to a organization that I know does good things for the kingdom. Things, something like that. You know, I feel like God works in mysterious ways, and I feel like if your intent is to use it for the right reasons, then I feel like there's a lot of different things that you could pray for for sure. So that's all I got to say on the prayer, Brad. Um, we can move into your question. If you are ready for it, I know you kind of had a bigger topic that I don't know um, how, how helpful I'm going to be, but I can, I can try my best. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on one more thing with the prayer and just kind of how we, how we structure prayer, right? So yeah. um, Paul kind of lays it out for you in Philippians, and he says, you know, like, speak to, speak to God through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And I tend to structure it in the opposite of that way essentially so like i'll give thanks to god the first thing like if i'm writing the first thing i'm doing is giving thanks to god for whatever it is that i you know am thinking of in this current moment or in that current chapter that i'm in in my life or like that week or whatever um and then like the supplications i tend to um put at the end like my asks for my personal like whatever and I put other people's above mine. And then in between that is just like general speak with God, like Elijah's talking about, where prayer is like an encompassing thing of all that. But I'll like, you know, talk to God in that little bit. And then I'll like ask for things for others where I'll be like, I pray that, you know, Ethan and Katie grow closer to each other through you, kind of things like that. Or like, I pray that, you know, my family is, you know, in good health or whatever. And then I'll like ask for my own thing. So that's how I kind of structure my prayer. How would you, how do you like structure your prayer if you were going to write it, you know, or if you were envisioning it, how do you structure it? I I, I mean, very similar. I always start with, or I try and start most of the time. Sometimes I just got something hot on my mind, hot off the press, you know, 
um, I always start with like thanking God for the day and thanking God for the opportunity that I have to go out and do things for, you know, the church and do things for him. And, you know, I thank God for the opportunities that I get to talk about him. And just like I try, like you said, I try and give that Thanksgiving right out the gate. And then that kind of turns into like asking for those different things, you know, pray for so-and-so as they go through this troubling time. May they see you in, in ways where they might not have seen you before, you know, things like that. And I like I always like to – there's things where I like kind of routinely say where like I always pray for, you know, the Holy Spirit to enter my heart and intercede in me, do, work through me, you know, however that might look. I pray for God to give me the words to say and the ears to ears to hear. You know, being a teacher, I feel like my tongue is held to a different standard, as as said in James as well. Mm. Um, so I feel like there's things that I pray for that kind of go into my profession as well. And um, yeah, but like like you said, it starts off with the thanks, and then it goes into for people, and like then asking for my own things as well. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um... If you're looking for a good prayer in the Bible, my favorite is Psalm 86. Um, it's a prayer from David, but uh, that's my personal favorite. I feel like it just hits on a lot of things that I hit on in my own prayer. So I really like that one. Um, yeah, uh, at the end of the pod, I kind of wanted to just talk about... Um, Something that I was just personally interested in, we talked about this a long time ago, but it keeps coming up in like random instances uh, where like other people are talking about it or asking me about it. And uh, Elijah had been talking about how he was like kind of working or was he working with her or is that He works with her, yeah. Yeah, he's, he works with this girl that is um, Muslim, right? And he was kind of talking and he made this comment of like, oh, they believe in this. We believe in the same God. And I was like, we, we definitely don't. Um, and we're both kind of wrong, but, uh, I wanted to kind of talk about or draw a Venn diagram of Christianity and Islam and how they kind of connect and how they're different. Right. Right. So I, I did a little bit of research. I did not go crazy. You know, I personally don't care that much. But I did do a decent amount, a decent little amount of research that will, you know, kind of paint the picture for the people that maybe are wondering or, um, you know, want follow up on that. I digress. Um, So Elijah had said that, you know, Islam believes in Jesus, which is technically true. It is true. Yeah, it is true. They believe that Jesus existed. But um, he was, though, right? They do not believe in who he was. They state that he is a uh, a prophet, right? Which he was, technically. But he was not like any other prophet we had seen before. And so fast forward uh, about 600 years after Jesus had died. Um, the prophet Muhammad comes along, right? And it's this guy who is living in the peninsula of Arabia. And he... Um, he he lives in this city that is now Mecca, and uh, which, if you don't know what Mecca is, it's essentially the the central city of the um, Islamic faith. And so when they pray, they pray towards Mecca. And um, 
Mecca at the time was very idealistic. Like it had fallen out from its traditional Jewish um, beliefs and it's like, you know, monotheism. And it had fallen into this kind of uh, worshiping of idols. They had like over 300 idols in the city that they would like worship essentially. And um, the Prophet Muhammad, who was um, like borderline Jewish or like fully Jewish at the time, like did not like this because obviously God tells us like do not worship idols, right? So he goes off into the caves of like the mountains and he fasts and he prays like for God to kind of lead him. And then he has these visions in this cave essentially of God telling him how to uh, continue how um, sorry Old Testament God how to continue the uh, the religion essentially or how to how to continue um judaism or how there will be an entirely new religion and so muhammad like learns this and starts to you know become a prophet which just basically means be the voice of god to the people right mm -hmm. and he like starts to draw kind of a smaller following and then uh he kind of goes north towards um i believe it was medina essentially because they like started to seek his life and they wanted to like kill him because he was, you know, preaching these, you know, these new ideas that, you know, it God seemed like had heresy at the time. Yes. And God like the even the Jewish God did not believe these things, essentially. And um, so like. The rest of the story essentially goes is that Muhammad builds a large enough following that he. um essentially just crusades the entire Middle East. Like he literally goes into Jewish cities and he either cuts off the heads of the men if they refuse to follow him and enslaves the women or they follow him and they follow this new religion, which is Islam. And so um, he believes that Allah, which basically means one, one God or the God, um, tells him to do this. And so he takes over all of Northern Europe all of the Middle East surrounding the Mediterranean, uh, Sicily, which is like in the Mediterranean, and then Spain. And um, basically he furthers the religion by like genocidal acts, essentially. And so that is kind of how Islam became so large and essentially the second largest religion in the world is through this kind of like fear mongering. And um, so to draw the Venn diagram, the central part of the Venn diagram, because um, I'm assuming you guys know the Christian side of it. Muhammad is essentially believed to be a descendant of Abraham. And the Quran also speaks of many Old Testament figures as um, essentially parts of Islam or like pieces of Islam, like previous prophets. And so like they believe in Abraham, they believe in Eve and Adam and um, like Abraham's descendants. And then Jesus is just believed to be a prophet and not like glorified as the like one true son of God, essentially. So um, that's kind of how that all came about. And that's kind of how the two religions are interrelated. And then like Elijah had said on a previous episode, the Quran does not preach love in the way that the Bible preaches love, right? Like God is love and we are to love our neighbors and we're to love 
those that even don't believe in the same God as us. And that's not how the Quran is. It's exactly the opposite, actually. You are meant to hate those that, you know, don't glorify Allah and those that, you know, don't um, essentially believe in the Islamic religion. Um, you are like an enemy of that religion. You are a, uh, like essentially meant to be destroyed at some point. So that's kind of, you know, the, the story. I, uh, I thought it was interesting just because I didn't know it. And, you know, I think it, it helped me definitely <laughs> strengthen where I stand on my God. But, uh, for sure. what do you, what do you think of all that, Ethan? You know, I, I, I honestly think it's kind of cool. I think it's, it's interesting to hear about different perspectives and how they came about. I, I guess I knew, I know like a lot of the similarities and differences, and I'm going to speak on a couple more here in a second, but I didn't know all of the history. I had no idea. Like I knew that they viewed Muhammad as like, because he, Muhammad wrote the Quran, right? And like, mm -hmm. he, he is like, there wasn't like interpret like the Bible is, has a lot of different authors and it's like interpretation from those authors. Like the Bible is believes that the Holy Spirit spoke to those people to, you know, put the words into writing. Whereas like they believe Muhammad was like literally Allah speaking like through Muhammad. Like it mm. was the w one voice. So like that's a, a difference between the Quran and the Bible. But I had no idea that he crusaded through Europe and like forced people to be islam and now obviously the christian crusades that was also a thing was it not right so the differences between the christian crusades and the muslim crusades is that the christian crusades was a response to the actual muslim expansion all the way across northern europe into israel um and then all the way into spain is where the muslims kind of crusaded and waged wars, basically taking over um, Jewish and Christian holy sites and, you know, things like that. And so Western Europeans actually um, mounted a retaliation to that and they, you know, quote unquote, crusaded across, you know, Spain and um, into the Middle East where uh, Muslims had, had expanded. But... Um, you know, we're not going to sit here and act like they didn't also kill people. They didn't also do hor horrific things. But essentially, the Crusades were a response to um, the Muslims' expansion into holy sites, which I didn't know. I thought they were just, you know, doing it for fun, to be com completely honest. And uh, the other thing I didn't mention is that Muhammad's forces put a lot of Jewish people into essentially, like, enslavement or, like, extreme taxation and like um in like a disrespectful way though like in a way that it was like 50 percent of everything you earn goes towards like those that are not jewish um but my yeah. voice is now dying so you know take over please yeah um so in my i guess you know i guess i did do a little bit of research i saw a couple other glaring differences that i wasn't quite aware of so the the central god is you know allah being the one god or the god like you said but i also read that um muslims don't believe that christianity is truly monotheistic because of the father the son and the holy spirit so because of the holy trinity 
that is a reason why Muslims look on Christianity as as that not being the one true faith because God takes you know different forms as the Holy Spirit and and Jesus as we all know to be true. So that was an, another difference. And then um, last one is the Islam faith and the Christian faith view salvation in different ways. And I read that in the Islam faith. They like they believe judgment to be your good works like weighed across your bad deeds. So your good deeds weighed up across your bad deeds. And then did you follow the five pillars of Islam? You know, did you fast during Ramadan? Did you like make the pilgrimage to Mecca once a year? Like like all these like kind of check boxes. Whereas Christianity, again, and it all kind of falls back on the backbone of like who was Jesus and what was his purpose. But like, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and like wiped all of it clear. And like Christians believe that when you ask for the Holy Spirit, like you, you believe that the Holy Spirit is going to, I said this earlier, intercede in you and kind of give you the energy and the notion to do kind things for other people and to do good deeds. So that's like a whole nother conversation in itself is Christianity's believe, you know, the only way through God is through Jesus, you know, asking for forgiveness for your sins and confessing your sins and loving one another and doing these things because you asked for Jesus and, or you asked for God to be in your heart and you asked for, you know, to be wiped clear, clear of your sins. While in Islam, it's, it's like, what did you, what good did you do in this world? What bad did you do in this world? And is, did you follow, you know, the five pillars? So, Again, I would love to hear more from somebody who is uh, Muslim, but that this is just off of the information that we know. We're trying to be as least biased as we can. Come from a, I mean, maybe Brad, maybe you're not, but like I know, I I genuinely was like, you know, when I first, you know, was like looking into it, I was like, okay, I need to see if this is, you know, how other sources say it as well, right. Because, you know, to claim that someone, like, essentially crusaded across the Middle East and Northern Africa, like, that's a big claim, right? It's a pretty hefty claim, yeah. Like, pretty hefty you know, so I was like, I want to make sure that the person is saying this is not saying that in this way to, like, you know, put this religion down, even though I, like, am not going to buy in. It's still, like, a hefty claim to put on them and then for me to put on this podcast – and then it just turns out that they were just going town to town, like offering it for free, but not yeah. kill, killing anyone, you know. So I tried to be as unbiased as possible, but obviously I already like have my beliefs in the ways yeah. that I want to have them. We know what we believe, and I feel like it's so difficult to also be here and to be like, you know, like we know that Christianity is the way that it is because in the Bible it says like. Da, 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 that's just like, you know, me creating, saying two plus two equals five. And then if somebody's like, why, how did you get that? I'm just like, well, look, because it says right here, I wrote it, two plus two equals five. You know, like it, mm. we can't, we can't argue that Christian, like, and again, speaking at, because we are both believers, but if we're like trying to speak to somebody who's Muslim or speak to somebody who, you know, is Islamic, we can't like be like the bible says this like this is that therefore you have to listen because they're not going to give a crap if they're not christian you know yeah. they're not going to view it as the one true 
you know, spoken word of God. So the other thing I thought was pretty wild is, uh, like we, we have the Bible, right? And there's like many accounts of Jesus and, you know, him doing things that are, you know, uh, not possible by a human, right? Yeah. Islam is founded on a guy having visions in a cave that no one else saw. Like, that's pretty wild if that is actually how Islam was started, you know? Yeah. Like, how is an entire religion founded on something that no one else can account for? Like, there are no... Like, how do we know that he, like, was keeping it 100 and not just, like, saying these things... Or you that gotta trust he, them. Yeah, it's like, you know, like you I just have to trust this guy's like this random guy's word. And like yeah. don't get me wrong, like from what I understand is Muhammad was a well respected individual, like a lot of people trusted him. But I was also like, how am I supposed to, you know, dedicate my life to something that is, you know, founded on something so like un unsupported like something not something not bolstered by other like people and things you know like a lot of people saw who jesus was and the things that he did like Mm -hmm. you said there's a lot of accounts versus just like one dude being like yeah so i was in a cave one time right (laughs) yeah yeah so which is wild i i as soon as i heard that i was like whoa that's <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy because if Ethan came to me tomorrow and he was like, you're not going to believe what God told me inside of this den, I'm going to be like, why were you in a den? <laughs> that, that's the first question. Why were you in yeah. a den? Yeah, but I, I get it. It was different back then. They had caves and they were, you know, chilling and living in those. But still, I, I uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just different, and I I don't I didn't know that, and I don't know how I'd love to like you said I'd love to hear it from them and how they back that up, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, again, like if we we gotta start getting some guests on here, man. Like I would love to just hear a different perspective and to like pick somebody's brain a little bit. So maybe we should mm-hmm. look into that. We should look yeah. into getting a guest on the pod. Definitely, yeah. Um, that's all I got. You have anything else? No, man, I'm hungry. That's it. I'm about to get some food here in a second. So, Yeah, I'm about to get some food and watch this this football game. We got Jaguars, Bengals on. I'm fighting for a win against Scott. It's going to be pretty close, I think. But um, even if I lose, I'm still going to be in first place in fantasy football. So, you know, God is good. <laughs> um, God is good for me, too, even though I lost to the worst team in the league. So. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, even though you know one third of our our company is not here, we uh, figured we'd do something a little different again. But um, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Ethan, do you want to pray us out? I would love to. All right, if you're listening, bow your heads. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, please. Unless you are parked, otherwise you would not be driving. I'm just not realizing that. So, here we go. Lord, we come to you on this Monday night, and we just, we we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the conversations that we got to have here. Um, God, we thank you for the platform that we have right now, being able to talk about this and 
God, we understand that there might be people out there who are searching and yearning for those answers. And Lord, we ask that um, those people who are searching for answers, might they might they get something out of this podcast and might they hear something that carries with them moving forward into their own lives, Lord. We, uh, we pray for the ears that are listening to this to be blessed on their own ways, Lord. We pray for continued guidance and continued wisdom with each other and just overall just lord we pray for love to flow through these communities and through these places that need it the most um god we love you we thank you for an amazing weekend and we hope that we hope and we pray that this can be a great week as well lord as we think about the holidays coming up we thank you for the generosity that you had in sending your son to die on the cross god making the ultimate sacrifice and lord we thank you that you are perfect, and we thank you that you answer our prayers in one way or another, Lord. We just thank you for all the amazing things that you do in our lives, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, people. Have a good week, uh, and we will catch you next time. Dirt.